This podcast does contain spoilers, so if you're okay with that, listen on. If not, pause the podcast, go watch the movie we're about to talk about, and come on back. All right, sweet. Excuse me. Brian, uh, over here. Hey. Pardon me, pardon me. Why don't you have the popcorn? It's starting! Woo! <laughs> hey, 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 hey! Shut up. Shut up and listen to the podcast. Hey! There's a lot out there to see. This is what we watched. So this is the podcast. This is uh, this is this is it. This is how we're going to start. Fuck it. This this is it. Uh, this is what we watched. It's a podcast about uh, watching movies and talking about them. I am Brandon. That is Matt. Say hello, Matt. The bird just came home. I saw, <laughs> I saw him fly across the windows. Well, he, you they don't were, know if he came home versus just drop something off. Well, but he came home to drop something off then in that scenario. Okay, but you didn't say that. You just said he came home. To do multiple things. <laughs> Maybe he's coming home to masturbate. Who knows? Do birds masturbate? I don't know. I'll look that up. See, I'm, will, I'm, willing, I'm willing to look that up. But okay, not. so you're, you're, <laughs> you believe that birds can masturbate, but you don't believe that no, birds no, no, can no, play no. fight. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying, well, I know that they can play fight. Now but you do. But I'm, that not is... saying, I'm not saying they can or can't. I'm looking it up to find out because I have no idea. Gotcha. Because gotcha. again, if you would ask me two weeks ago, birds can't play fight. But, you know, <laughs> apparently my they life's can. different. Apparently also, they do. do birds masturbate? Yes. I feel like most, most mammals masturbate. Ooh, <laughs> uh, most birds, most male birds masturbate by bending their tails under an object such as a toy, perch, or even a ugh, human's hand, and then rubbing their cloacas on a on it. So, you're welcome. Thank you. This I needed is, that this mental stimulation. <laughs> this is what we knowledge. You are all welcome. Cloaca. Do you want me to describe a cloaca? Everyone? I don't no, think we'll just, that. We'll yeah, we that. we can skip that. We can skip that. Save that. Save that for the campfire. <laughs> so, so this is a podcast about watching movies uh today we're gonna do a couple that's of that's not the intro i don't know what you normally do but that didn't sound <laughs> correct i think there's more to it there's a little bit more to it no, no i uh, that was I like the, the, the subsidiary intro i hear yeah exactly um <laughs> the i'm on a i'm in like an i feel like a smaller indie binge i watch this i watch this blackberry and um the roundup uh some south korea which we oh I'll yeah, mention, yeah i'll that's mention right. like a little bit of but mm-hmm. It was, you know, it was okay. It was, but anyways, but I saw both of these on um, like Monday or something. I did a double feature. Ooh, very nice. Um, I love, I do like my double features, but the problem is because Blackberry has not been showing anywhere. I can't imagine it's in theaters anymore. I'd, you'd, I'd be shocked. I had like it. one showing Monday morning in Highlands Ranch, which uh-huh. for me is like a 40 minute drive, at least 45 minute drive. And it was at 5.30. I mean, uh, sorry, 9.30 a.m. Oh, God damn. So I had to drive through rush hour traffic yep. early. <laughs> it took me like an hour 10 <laughs> or something just to get down there, and uh, which was very irritating. Mm, um, I'm sure it was. It's I'm always sure fun. It was. It's always fun. Not a, not a lot of people, I feel like, see the morning shifts of movie theaters and like the teenagers that don't give a shit. Usually they're <laughs> actually like managers there and stuff because mm-hmm. that's the only time they show up because then they disappear and stuff. Right, exactly. But the other the, the other like great thing you that happens is you get to point out and let them know when the lamp has blown in their projector. Oh my god, did it really? <laughs> yeah, dude. I had a I sat there and it was like the the preview started and I was uh-huh. like, am I supposed to see something? Should I be 
Oh, it so went completely. It was yeah, completely no, yeah, out. The, so the other, I went out there and I was like, uh, I can't see anything, which is always fun <laughs> to stop some manager or something. Right? Hey, I can't see anything in theater five. And apparently the, the, uh, the, the lamp, the bulb mm-hmm. was dead and they needed to replace it. So they came in, let me know. <laughs> I was crazy. chilling. Yeah. So what, what happened? Did the previews continue playing and they just replaced the bulb or did they like stop everything? Lights came up. They stopped everything. And lights ah, came up when okay. I like when I pointed it out sure. before it was I was hearing all the previews. I'm like, um, <laughs> I feel like I should see something. You probably should be seeing something. And that's still just so weird that you had to mention it because in my mind, there's still somebody in that room in that projector room, pressing up, pressing play, or pressing stuff. Uh, no, they rewinding well, the digital film. I imagine they hit play at like you know nine fifteen, then walk away, and then yeah, it's all just automated because from there. I, literally, the movie was supposed to start at nine thirty. I don't think the, the morning shift cares that much. <laughs> to be honest, I don't think any shift cares that, that much. It's a good point. I bet you Friday night at like six, they care a lot. They probably care. Yes, they probably. I mean, care. That's the biggest. But I mean, like, uh, there's two. Two tickets sold. It was me, mm-hmm. but this is the weirdest thing. I, it was me sitting in front and center. Mm-hmm. Well, not front and center. Sorry. Middle center okay. um, of everything. And then some other dude who showed up after I de- dealt with all of that. Uh-huh. And then another dude showed up probably 20 minutes after it was technically supposed to start and then sat in the farthest back um, row, mm-hmm. all one off of the wall. I was like, what are you doing <laughs> here, dude? This makes you can no sit sense. wherever. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, did you, you know. so did you, did you buy that seat that you yeah, sat in or did you buy, cause AMC does, well, AMC now does the, uh, up, up the ticket prices for the, yeah, for the center seats for center and a little bit back is like a little bit higher like price. Primetime ones? No, I think I, I thought it was all across the well, board. I saw it in Salt Lake, but I haven't seen it in, um, well in Salt Lake I saw they had better seats in the middle mm-hmm. and then worst seats and like as in oh with the, the actual condition seats. interesting yes. and then the bad end then so the middle would cost more versus the other gotcha. one i haven't noticed it in it so far but i have the you know the past right exactly so it doesn't <laughs> like that one that one is understandable but yeah so uh i wonder if that was in then just like didn't know you could move hey you can move to the middle if you want but whatever yeah you want bet that the second the second movie i saw four people in there how and some dare dude they some dude bought bought the ticket one one space in between me. <laughs> I sit in the middle. Yeah, one empty space, and then he bought a ticket. I'm like, "What is wrong with you?" The, he, the row behind me was empty. The whole thing that Asshole. was his spot. Maybe you Asshole. sat in his spot. Yeah, move on. Dick. <laughs> did you check underneath the seat? Did you did you check to make sure it wasn't carved in? No, I did not. Okay, I don't. Also, don't know his name. So ah, well, if I saw a name, I don't think I would believe it was him. I would have. I absolutely would have. That, that, That'd have been weird. That does sound like. But I also saw Fool's Paradise, and Ooh. I did not care for it very much. That's what I get the vibe of. <laughs> it felt it felt like it it could have been done in five to ten minutes, like a ten minute short. After after that, like the it was the same bit over and over and over. Really good, um, uh, film school short. Yeah, like film school like ender idea. Um. Like I liked, I liked the idea of it, but yeah, it's exactly. not called a thesis, but that's what you're. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. I see. Yes, yes, that's exactly it. Uh, last year, students. Oh shit, I got to do something. Um, fuck, I'm really hammered. Fuck it, he's just not going to say any lines. That's great. Oh yeah, I did that artistically. I, I made that choice. I hope they made that choice beforehand. Uh, beforehand, Charlie yeah. Day, Day didn't show up. He's like, guys, I've decided, I'm not going to talk during this. Excuse me, sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> Get it? Because I was starting. Then. I did. Get it? Get it? Ah, that's a joke. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I, I'm trying to stop assuming things about people. So, 
thank you for uh, confirming that. But yeah, so I didn't, I didn't care for it very much, and honestly, I was disappointed that it was all about like, this is the film industry. These are the different people you meet inside of the industry. Here's my experience while working in the industry. You didn't like that? I didn't like it. Interesting. It I feel gets, like you usually like movies that it gets really old really fast. Feel like I've you, seen I've seen a lot of those. Yeah, but like the next one's gonna come out and you're still gonna enjoy No, it. I'm probably not gonna be as jazzed about it. It's really for me it's it's lost its because I felt uh, I felt like when the Margot Robbie one Babylon came out, you mm-hmm. loved the watching the process and stuff. I I loved watching bits of it. But the whole thing being about the industry, yeah. I it's it's the it, Guys, do we have any other stories to tell? Do we have to say how hard and how different it is to be uh, an actor or an artist? To, can but, we? Can we? But everybody has needs to say their piece on it. <laughs> um. Yeah. Did you see anything else? So the other the other thing I saw uh-huh. was my other on the back to back because I watched Black Bear in the morning. Then I went ate something, and then at like one thirty or something, I watched um the knock up the knock up. It's a South Korean movie, South Korean action movie. Um, oh, yeah, the it, one you texted me about. Yes. It, um, the sequel to the other one. Yes, which I have not seen. <laughs> which I did my favorite thing where I watched the second one, even uh-huh. though I've never seen the first mm-hmm. one. But honestly, the second one, it wasn't, it wasn't fantastic. It's a, it's a generic action movie where like the lead, the lead dude is, quote unquote, perfect person. He can solve all the stuff. He's a big buff guy. Yeah. Um, so it's nothing special. It's just the South Korean version of it. Um, and, but I will say like special things is I thought the action was pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Like he's a boxer. And if you want satisfying punches, they, they you see 50 of them in this movie. Cool. Um, I am going to, they, do they use slow-mo a lot of the time? Uh, not a lot of slow-mo, but oh, like, there is I, slow-mo in there? I, I think so. I mean, I don't remember exactly. I believe <laughs> so. But, uh, it was a lot of like pretty good you know um sound effects when he was punching and stuff it was very satisfying okay like i think they did that stuff really well um it's just kind of a normal action kind of crime movie where it's like you know the cops are trying to find some people and then the bad guys also have a they're all like fighting each other in a weird way so it's like a everyone's kind of trying to figure out who's going to backstab who and what's mm. going to do this mm-hmm. and uh some of that stuff was kind of clever but ultimately i don't know it's you know if it's free on some streaming i think it'd be worth it but do you think do you think that it would have been better had you seen the setup of the first movie like did you not understand who everybody was or did that do you think that mattered a lot uh no i don't think so no because it was not like yeah i i I don't think it mattered um because it wasn't very like in-depth stories necessarily and entwined and whatnot okay um i'm sure there would there were small parts here and there that um did would have been more meaningful but yeah. I, don't know, I mean i can't imagine it's like suddenly I'm like oh no now it's amazing <laughs> you didn't know that guy was in the first one that changes everything like i i don't i don't see that That's happening fair. personally more, more so the the like relationships between characters if that mattered yeah, but it sounds know. like it was more about the action and the, and the characters came second I, or third i believe so i okay. mean it feels like a more of like guilty pleasure kind of movies that ah, people okay. like okay um there will be a third one they set it up in the credits um which well, i they, they set up for a third one maybe there won't actually be one well, but oh well again this is a south korean movie just because it's not popular in you know the u.s doesn't mean you think it's gonna get made i, I think so the first one's still streaming you can pay four bucks for it 
Nice. And the rating for this one was uh, great also. Oh. So I think there's going to be a third one. Okay. All right. Um, because things are bigger than your little tiny world, Brandon. Whoa. Um, Whoa. Hey. But so then the third, but in the end credits, they, it definitely looked like some dude who was in the first one um, is coming back for the third one or some crap oh, like cool. that. Oh, cool. I don't know. I'm excited. I, I am going to, I'm debating on paying for the, fir- the first one just to yeah. see it and just as, hopefully it's better. And then I'll, I'll I'm sure. I'll maybe, maybe one. the second one was catching in on a lot of the maybe, success of the first one. I'm not sure. Yeah, or, or it's just more of the same and which is fine. You know, fast X, sure. fast and fears aren't amazing movies. <laughs> Still enjoy <laughs> the entertaining. You know, exactly. For the most part, X sucked, you know. but whatever. Oh, did it? Uh, yeah, it is what it is. But I will say the, at the beginning of this movie. So I left and I came back and I was sitting in my seat uh-huh. and I'm so, so shocked. There was a four, four people total in that movie theater. Which I thought was astonishing for a South <laughs> Korean movie yeah. on a Monday afternoon mm-hmm. at one thirty. Feels like odd, but I'm I was excited about it. So, but we're sitting there, and um, some kid and his buddy walks in, and it's so obvious that they were in the wrong movie. And I, but they sat down next to a, another one of the people that were in the movie theater, like uh-huh. one seat away. And uh-huh. I, was like, I was like, should I say something? This is gonna be so funny when the movie starts. They're confused as fuck. The South <laughs> Korean movie starts and stuff. But yeah. then eventually the guy like leans over and he's like, hey, bud, uh, I don't think you're in the right movie. Really? And then they're like, oh, shit. And then they stood up and they laughed. And it was just so very funny. Um, how, thought, did, how did he know? Uh, he was dressed up as Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> he had a full Spider-Man <laughs> bodysuit. And he walked oh, into this movie. Yeah. And we were like, the fuck? <laughs> Uh, for a second, I was like, am I in the wrong movie? There's mm-hmm. no way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so funny. You know, there are they clearly times, got the wrong theater or something. Clearly. There are several times where I'm I'm going into a movie and I'm like walking up the stairs and the preview that's happening has nothing to do with what I'm seeing. And I'm just so used to like comedies being played in front of comedies and action being played in front of co- action that sometimes when they you know mix that up a little bit, it throws me off and I'm scared. I'm definitely like, yeah, I'm definitely not in the right place, but... We're going to figure out whatever movie this is. Yeah, I don't remember what uh, movie it was, but I was seeing some movie and it was just like an action or just like a normal movie. But then they showed three horror movies <laughs> previews beforehand. Oh, I was like, what yeah. the fuck movie? Is this, am I misunderstanding what this movie is? It was a normal. I don't remember which one it was. So that was the end of that story. And um, oh, you about to say it's a normal movie. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's all relative, you know. All right. Well, so for these, for for the uh, two you've seen and the two we're, we're going to talk about, you you saw you bought your ticket on your phone, right? How cool would it be to be able to email? <laughs> Go ahead. No, no, okay. that's no, 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 that's no I don't want to. <laughs> so, how cool would it be if if that phone could also send emails, Matt? Like, had a keyboard on that phone where you could not just receive calls. That would be bonkers, right? Right? Crazy. You don't have to worry about what that world would be like. Because all you have to do is watch Blackberry. Oh my god! Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That was such a good transition. That was the best transition I think we've ever done in the history of this podcast. All right, so we're gonna do Blackberry first. Yeah, let's do Blackberry. Um, Nish, I'll let you do your initial thought. Well, let me say one weird, two weird things that I felt during this movie was like it was a weirdly pro work from home movie. Yes, I feel like they made small comments in a, a couple times of like. 
You don't need to even go into a business building. You don't, you can work from anywhere. You can have business meetings from anywhere. I was like, and like right off the bat mm-hmm. too, I forgot what it was, but they also, I was like, is this a, like pro work from home? Which I, I'm also, <laughs> you're definitely pro. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. But it was just so weirdly, it was so odd that it was like such a pro work from home. Mm-hmm. And then it was also re- well, so crazy anti China. But I imagine that was just a setup to end. That, Not, yeah, exactly. You know. <laughs> that absolutely, I think, was a setup. But no, the the work from anywhere was I was part of BlackBerry's like actual marketing of it's revolutionary that you don't have to be in an office. You can be wherever the hell you want know, and still a, be a, so productive. It's just so amusing that it's yeah. just such a like a relevant topic the, yes. today. I am shocked that it took so long for this this story to be made. Really, like BlackBerry was huge. I never had one, right? Of course, but I had one. Did you really have? Yeah. That's insane. This is, this is where awesome. I feel so much older than you, <laughs> even though in reality we're not. But yeah, I, this is where I'm like, am I an old man? <laughs> yeah, I had, a, I had a BlackBerry. Did Wait, you love it? Uh, yeah, I actually, I really liked it. And then it died. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, I think, I believe I had the one with like the tiny little ball. Oh, hell yeah. The actual I, trackpad. Yes, I believe I had that one. And I, yeah, cool. I liked it. It worked pretty well. I believe you. I That was a long ass time ago, though. <laughs> it was a long time ago. I might be looking... In history with rose-colored glasses, but, you know. You know, it, it was it was a device that uh, you look back on fondly. And, and then I also had the cell phone that, like, you picked up and mm-hmm. you had a cl- keyboard underneath mm-hmm. it. You it had a like flip a regular, phone. Uh, what, n- not, like, not like vertical flip. It was a horizontal flip. Oh. So I had, had a vertical cell phone at the, uh-huh. on the top, and then you, it, like, split in half. And then oh, you turned cool. it sideways, and it had a keyboard with like a screen underneath. See, I had, I had the that was the first Droid, the for the first Android phone <clears throat> was that, but it wasn't a a flip; it was a slide. You slid mm-hmm. the the oh, is that what you're talking about? No, 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 D- different things. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so they you slid the screen up, and then there the keyboard was was underneath the screen, and so that was cool, and I really enjoyed that. Then once once I had my first smartphone with like the, just the screen, no keyboard, I was very much a I don't really like this. I don't like the tippy tap and yeah, you definitely would be. That makes hundred percent. I loved the keyboard. You'd be bit. You'd be with that white haired bastard. Being like obviously, it's gonna bomb. Who wouldn't want this? Well, this is course. the most important thing. Duh. I can't imagine anything else. What are you talking? Yes, I was very much a uh, a keyboard user, and then I got used to. And then, oh, you know what it was? Is I found out uh, what haptic feedback is, where the phone vibrates when you when you click. So that was the 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 way that I could deal with not having an actual. I've never noticed it more than like right before the movie starts uh-huh. um, the second movie after watching Blackberry because the whole time I'm watching. Well, not the whole time when I'm watching towards the end, I'm like, just just add the little vibrate. Are they going to add the little vibrate? Because I, <laughs> right? I don't read up on the history of Blackberry and shit. I don't remember. But so then uh, then when I'm in the next theater and everything is on silent and mm-hmm. I still have that little like I can hear it. And I'm like. How have I never noticed this before? <laughs> I've never noticed that it really? gives that little ha- the because ha- yeah, it's second nature. That's fair. I touch yeah. it fifty thousand times a day. Like <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's just become part of part of it. Mm. Uh, but if you did want to read up on on the history of BlackBerry, I won't. I won't. Thank well, you. It's though. fine. But if you did, I don't want to. Brandon, this is Brandon, the book, Brandon. Hmm. I said I don't want to. Great. But if you did, Brandon, for the rest of you who do care about history and facts, this is actually based. on... It's one of the longest book titles I've ever. I've ever read. Uh, it's based on the book "Losing the Signal: The Untold Story Behind the Extraordinary Rise and Spectacular Fall of BlackBerry." Who's that written by? That is by Who's, ja- Jackie. Uh, Jackie. 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 I don't know how to how to say it in French. Jackie McNish and Sean uh, Silkoff. 
Here, just look J-A- up the title. There, um, I imagine there's not more than one book. So I don't just think look so. up the yeah. title. Fuck it. <laughs> who? So who? It's an untold story ba- from. It's from, been told, or it's the untold like version of it. This is the untold story, like the the story that was not told in the media, or what was the story in the media? I don't know. Okay. That BlackBerry, <laughs> that BlackBerry is a great device. Uh, that's that was my was perception. Device. It was of, a great device. I believe you. I believe you, and that's it my perception of what the. <laughs> Calm down. You can have your BlackBerry. It's fucking fine. youngsters don't even understand. I'm kind of surprised that Black like nobody has a BlackBerry anymore. Like they completely folded. I don't understand how they didn't. Well, adopt I, just a bigger screen with with their keyboard like well i mean apple ch- killed uh, apple changed everything they really and, like, did it's the same as computers they took the massive market share mm-hmm. of it and it's hard to live on a small market share like you're seeing nowadays because apple is getting worse since steve died um it's getting worse and worse and worse so like you know google has more um share and all mm-hmm. that stuff but at that time, it killed all the tinier companies, especially yeah. like. But I, I don't you just consider, make a shitty version of it. But, yeah, but I don't consider BlackBerry a tiny company when they had almost half of the market share. Like I just can't believe well, that but, they completely. Yeah, are but gone. I think if they had changed everything that they were, they would be a smaller company in comparison to Apple. Okay, I'm okay. saying is like gotcha. Apple took over everything, so everything was like a smaller company. Right. So companies left and right were going down. Is Nokia still making phones? God, I think they are. But I think, again, it's a very niche market. I think it's it's very much, this is what it is. This is what we have. We're not changing anything. And it's got to be a percent or two of the phones that are available. I'm shocked that Motorola is still making phones, to be honest with you. LG went out. There are indeed Nokia phones. Hooray! $400. Oh, fuck that. Wow. Actually, that's cheap in, in smartphone world. Yes. Well, that's why that's why I was laughing. <laughs> oh. That it's only $100, which is disgusting. It is. It is. But anyways, movie. Uh back to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um I I I really like this one. This is this is one of my favorite indies that I've seen lately. Um and I didn't I, I never knew much about the BlackBerry. The only thing that I knew is adults use them. That's it. That was my knowledge prior to this. Is, this guy. <laughs> hey. So what did what did you think? Um, I acknowledge that I, I, I acknowledge that you love it. The, all the ratings are fantastic. Um, I didn't love it though. The, for me, the camera style, I like Handycam mm-hmm. and I, it is a good style, but it just didn't feel like Handycam to me. This felt like, you know, some toddler who had a, ch- who had the, the camera and he was just like weaving back and forth just for the sake of weaving back and forth, zooming in right. and out. Right. It was just fucking hectic and obnoxious. And it's like you can do, you know, um, you can do Handycam and like that kind of style, but Ooh. it was just too much to, for me um, personally. So that bugged the hell out of me. And that and that is the director's style. The director, mm-hmm. Matt Johnson, who also co-wrote it, who also co-starred in it. Um, I think that is part oh, is of it. Is he the dude of the headband? Yes. Yeah, he's uh, done. refused to change anything about his character in any yep. way, shape or form. Exactly. Still we'll get to him, him in a second. I still liked him. Better. Really? I did not like, uh, go ahead. but that, so, so that, that's his style is he's a very mm-hmm. found footage, very indie, very documentary style. Yeah, I like that, but it wasn't like a documentary. But exactly. And, and <laughs> what I, it felt like the, I was watching the office. That's what it felt like right, to me. Right. But absolutely. it wasn't a T well, that, so to me, it felt like it should be on a, a TV. So it's like, I felt, feel like if I watched this streaming, I might oh, be more forgiving gotcha. than be on a big screen. 
like watching the this mm-hmm. cameraman like well, weave to the left, zoom in, and, miss, and it's zoom effective out. at in at times. But I, I exactly. agree the entire fucking <laughs> the entire time. I agree. It did drunk ass cameraman. That style did get a little bit uh, overused, or was was really overused by the end of it. Mm-hmm. If they had, if they had, you know, we're we're peeking around in like the meetings and and seeing things that, that we really shouldn't. That I think could have been an effective use of of that documentary style. But the fact that it was the entire thing, I think, is what diminished from it. And what sucks is it. it, it <clears throat> even the actress talked about it. They pretty much were given free reign. And almost like a Kubrick-esque set where they just went and they just kept on acting. Even when the scene was finished, they just, I think we got it, but, you know, Mm -hmm. no one said cut, so I guess we'll just keep going. What they had done is they they took the cameras and they shoved them way, way back, got some Nat Geo giant lenses, and decided to kind of hide everything like that. And I just, I don't like when when the, the... someone only has one style only one trick and is maybe even afraid to try something different and i think this movie definitely required different styles at different times yeah to me the the story didn't necessarily match the camera style and everything because like they could have done this as like a mockumentary or like a like legit pretend you know not even like making a bunch of jokes but like pretend like they are doing a documentary about these guys or some i don't know Cause it's like, you want to do real world stuff with a camera style that doesn't, you know, it's either Blair Witch or yeah. the office. It's right. like, those are the two styles with this handy cam. And don't get me wrong. If it was a, if it was a bigger budget, we'd be talking about, Oh, look at this guy breaking into new ground. Whereas like, nobody ever does this right. with this style, right. but it just didn't work. So and, and get I, your shit together. Exactly. Or if, or if it was, right. <laughs> if, if it was more handy cam style, when they were a small company, and then when they transitioned into a giant conglomerate, then we got a little bit more... Yeah, I could have seen that. I don't want to say professional, but a little bit more... Professional. <laughs> ...static. <laughs> that, then, yes, I, I think then, again, it just is, is about effective, effectiveness. So you didn't like uh, Matt Johnson's style. I hated his character. I get that that was... Doug's character was, you know, this free, free will, you know, love everybody, and don't work too hard because everything's okay. Mm-hmm. I just hated it. I hated his character. I think he did an okay job portraying that. Yeah, I, I thought his I thought his acting was good for the character. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand not liking the not liking the the character annoying you. Yes, um, yes. I totally understand that because we're going to talk about Glenn Glenn in a second. Yeah. Um, but it, it was it was interesting. Of like, I assume his character was supposed to be the the old the the original style, like the company was like this is our the how we used to do it Mm -hmm. that stays consistent in the background and so you can just see the comparison of where they are now versus where they were Mm -hmm. but it was annoying that he like he literally had that he he went to some business meeting and this bitch ass walked in with that headband Mm -hmm. i was like what is i would have ripped that off him god on the street they're like what's wrong with you put a fucking hat on if you want at the very least yeah a hat is more professional than that i mean and and that just i think that says i love boobies (laughs) Might be more professional than his headband. Very much so, but we're not we're not doing an episode like, of Thirty Rock. Hey oh, but <laughs> uh, I don't know. And and I I like the juxtaposition of seeing those two different worlds at the same time. So for the first mm-hmm. meeting, I get it, and I think that it could have been like you said, it could have been a great source for for a comedic beat. But I'm glad that they chose to go with the more serious. Hey, this is the revelation of what this device really could be. So I'm glad that they didn't make a joke out of everything they could have. 
but it was it is it is interesting to see different styles and different approaches to uh to to business and business culture because it's not it's not the american workforce it's the canadian workforce which may or may not be a little bit different than corporate america i don't know it's a good point i don't matter i also didn't work at that in corporate america at that time <laughs> right. so i have no idea but you did have a blackberry so you might as that well is, i'm essentially corporate let's be honest <laughs> sell out hell yeah so i i'm um yeah he went back and forth for me honestly like sometimes i liked some of his scenes and some of the things that he did and then sometimes i was kind of like annoyed a little bit was like okay we can we didn't need that we could have just you know skip that shit sure on the on the flip side of just like i didn't i and i'm sure i haven't read any reviews or stuff so i'm sure people might be um praising glenn what's his name howerton glenn howerton Mm -hmm. um i personally did not like that i didn't think that was a good character like really movie wise is i i don't know if he was supposed to be like seem like this scary intimidating businessman because he didn't feel like that in any way shape or form to me really if all you do is yell that doesn't seem intimidating to me that just seems like it's a poorly written character like his form of intimidating people is just screaming and shit right and it's like in his business plans that worked out were just like oh you'll figure figure it out and then move the fuck on it's like it's like that doesn't seem that doesn't tell me that you're a good businessman like I feel like all of that shit that he was doing, mm-hmm. like he probably made good decisions, but we didn't see them. All the good decisions that I felt like he made were off screen and stuff. I- I'm assuming because like okay. we just cut to the future and it's a yeah. big business. Yeah. So I'm assuming he has something to do with that. But in general, it just felt like he, you know, he tried to, oh, I was like, oh, I'm going to get your money back from about the modem. Mm-hmm. Didn't do shit about that. Oh, I'm going to do this. Didn't do shit about that. Oh, I'm going to buy this uh, NHL team and move it. Didn't do shit about that. Right. Oh, Oh, we're going to be solve all the business problems. You just make a pro, uh, a prototype. That was your fucking Oh, he's such a genius. You can do it, man. Yeah. That oh, was that was what he brought to the table. Genius. Oh my god. <laughs> and then whenever he was trying to intimidate people, it's just mm-hmm. yelling. Well, That's all it was. Exactly, because I I I see what you're saying. It's a one-dimensional character that like when you, you have to do I felt more intimidated by the big dude later than Glenn right Howard when they're when they're trying to was like he said said, said some quiet, intimidating mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. presence versus Glenn Howard who also, the ball, the fucking shaving his head was looked ridiculous. <laughs> looked, re- I get that's what I'm sure the character, the real person looked mm-hmm. like. Yep, fucking a, that was annoying as hell. Really? Oh my god! Oh, see, I like that. I like that. I it, hated that. We we saw the top of his head for the first time ever. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Looks like every other person's top of the head. Interesting. Sweet. Interesting. I know. It, so it's funny because you he, haven't seen his dick either. No, I have not. So if he ro- walked out with no pants on, you'd be like, oh, we've never seen his penis before. <laughs> How did, but is it essential to the story? Now, you, we don't know. Was the bald head essential to the story? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, okay. Because <laughs> they made a crack one time? Because what? They made a crack one time at a, that bald dude's kind of showing up. And... Oh, no. I, I just because that's who the, the person was. Mm. So, yeah. So, if he did walk around in real life with his pants down, I think you have seven. Yeah, you kind of have to It'd be a good inhabit character. that. Well, yeah, I you don't can know about ca- it. You can compliment him now. I'm done. I'm done. Uh, <laughs> saying bad mean stuff about him i don't i don't think that it's necessarily mean it's it's very uh that character absolutely only had that one set of of ways of that's how that's how he knew how to do business that's how he the environment that he thrived in and i think that thrived in yes and i think that it was from the previous job mm -hmm. well but you know and then he okay and then and then Then took the startup into illegal stuff and yeah well before the illegal stuff i mean we didn't see him do any of those 
like take the start up to that's the what i'm stop. saying is is i think that if we had gotten to see that that's where i was going to agree with you is if we had gotten to, to really see the the business propositions and and how to navigate going you know from from one culture that you're so used to and and you know, having screaming matches and and being a bully, and that's really the only way get, things get done. Well, that's to what he got actually, fired for. Well, exactly, right. and to, but but to to see the him actually adapt to, hey, there is another way to be a boss and to be a shark. You can still be a powerful businessman, but you don't have to ha- use these methods. But he was, but I felt like he was still doing that. Exactly. If oh, we had okay. gotten this to was see a him, hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Then sorry. then I think that a lot of your um gripes about about that character would have would have gone away however that was what i believe to be what what they believed that person to be like in that moment and they just stuck to that one that one tone and so that was disappointing i think that that glenn harrington did a fantastic job at portraying his character i just like you i i kind of wish that that character would have gotten to do more and we could have seen more range and not just be that one person because it's a fictionalized story, so it doesn't need to be as well. I mean, you know, fictionalized because they to not get sued. But yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, everyone. Like, I don't know. I felt like Glenn, like his character was dead faced unless he's yelling, and then the, yeah. and that was like the only time I saw like which is kind shit of interesting. Which is kind of interesting, you know, to a degree. Maybe not the most interesting character, but it is an interesting exploration of this is the only way this person really knows how to emote is by screaming, by yelling, by commanding, by being the top dog, and it, he's going to do whatever it takes to get there. Unfortunately, his tactics are very singular and very commonplace and very, very toxic, especially in, in today's culture. You also have to remember in the mid-90s, that just was the workplace culture, or at least what I understand the workplace culture oh, being. I worked at BlackBerry in the 90s. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I know. I, I'm sure you did. <laughs> I, I I was a little annoyed that they made such a jump in time and we didn't get to see the main Blackberry guy like turn into this corporate stooge. Yeah. We just jumped a big period of time and then it was like everybody's so drastically different, you know? Yeah, um, that would that that time jump was unfortunate. It could have afforded a lot, like you said, of character development and growth. And I think that would have been the more interesting piece of the story and them, you know, being uh, overshadowed by Apple being more of like, I don't even want to say the climax, but really like the end piece of of everything because we know what happens after that, you know? So I think that it would have been better to to look at these characters and, and see these characters truly change versus that, okay, they were this, now they're this, just because. Believe us. Believe, believe that happened. Mm-hmm. We're just yeah. gonna, we're, you know, we know what happened, but we're not gonna tell you, so. That that was a bit annoying, but I really I, I enjoyed the the overall story just because it was something I didn't know uh, had had taken place. Like the the way they dramatized how getting the BlackBerry made, I thought was very interesting. I, I really enjoyed Jay uh, Baruchel and uh, Glenn Howerton. I really enjoyed their portrayals. Their characters may not have been the the greatest and and most entertaining, but. I thought they did a great job in those shoots. Did re- I like the first prototype being made. That was cool. I, I did like where they they went and bought anything with a keyboard and anything with a screen. We're like, all right, what what kind of what would feel good in your hand? I didn't realize that. That's what uh, the main guy's name was. I see him all the time. Oh, the J, whatever the hell. Oh, yeah, stupid ass name. 
stupid fucking name. That's not a stupid name. You're a stupid name. What's his name again? Jay. Yeah, can't even pronounce the <laughs> last name. It's more than I, I'm not sure I can pronounce. Just like, well, just that's like what I'm saying. It's stupid. Ja- Jackie, Jucky. That was a stupid one too. Um, Damn. Um, anything else? I don't. I don't have anything else. Do you want to rate it? Yeah, let's do some ratings. Do you want to grade it? <laughs> Gradings. So, what do you think you would rate it? Do you know? Would you rewatch it again? So, I think, and I, and also, I think you. This is why you like it um more this feels like what you wanted tetris to be yes and yes that's exactly it yes and i feel like it's a little bit better it might be a better version of tetris i think so i'm gonna go with a straight six personally i think i'm gonna, I think I'm gonna go with six now i'll go 6.25 um just me personally, I'm not going to see, I'm not going to watch it again. Okay. I'm not saying other people shouldn't. Like, I think if it comes out on, um, for free mm-hmm. on streaming, I think it's worth maybe a watch for people who like that style. Yeah. Mockumentary, um, about like an old history shit. Best about a time in history. Don't expect any explosion. Um, yeah, I, I definitely want to watch this one again. Um, cause I think the performances are worth watching again i think that's it's the strong suit um as far as the story goes like i said i now now that i know the story it's not that's not what i'm engaged with necessarily um you know not the greatest thing i've ever seen i put it around the range of emily the criminal so like i could probably go as high as a seven even but i think i'm gonna give it a 6.75 um and yeah maybe that'll change the second time i watch it but overall i enjoyed it and i think uh I think you should check it out to watch some pretty good performances. Mostly. All right. There was one, one last thing I wanted to, to touch on was uh, um, I saw a couple things. I saw The Flash, which I'd like to talk about. I also saw Elemental, which were two things that uh, on their opening weekend bombed a lot quicker or a lot more than anybody really anticipated or expected it to. I mean, I think everything that came out. The, that weekend uh, bomb, didn't it? Yeah, it feels like it. Um, wasn't there a third thing that came out, I thought? The Blackening. That's yes. the one I did Which not... bomb is probably not bomb, but... Maybe just didn't do as well as they had hoped or expected it to. Um, but for these bigger ones, <clears throat> um, I expected Elemental to do a lot better. And not necessarily be a better film or something, you know, with rave reviews, but I didn't expect it to do as as poorly as it's done. Um, I enjoyed Elemental overall, but it was felt pretty basic and pretty uh, standard picture Pixar stuff. So I'm not surprised that people didn't go out to see it and weren't clamoring that, hey, this is such a revolutionary thing and we are going to put Pixar back on the top of the animation pile. But The Flash, also, I expected it to do a lot better than it did, and it is crazy how poorly it's performing so far. I mean, getting... Getting closer, I definitely could tell that it wasn't going to do as good as like people originally thought. But mm-hmm. I didn't think it was going to bomb as much. Yeah, what, quite, like, made, quite this hard. Made like fifty five mil or something in the first weekend. Yeah, in the first weekend, and it's really not done much better uh, since then. And we're recording roughly a week after it was initially released, including previews, June twenty first. So it's only been uh, it's only it not hasn't even gotten another ten million yet domestically. Overseas, it seems to be doing a little bit better. 
So it's probably going to make at least its budget back uh, before advertising. Congrats to that. But I was honestly uh, surprised how much I enjoyed this one. Not being a DC fan and not really knowing or following all of the Ezra, Ezra Miller controversy. Um, I thought that it was overall, it was a fun and entertaining uh, superhero movie. The graphics were absolutely terrible. Like they felt like they didn't really spend much time on the CG, especially all of with the CG or just certain CG. Like any time that there was uh, any form of a human in computer graphics, those weren't rendered very believably. Everything else, like the the stuff blowing up and uh, action scenes, those were done fairly okay. But the actual characters in CG were were terrible. And I saw something that the director, uh, Andy Muschietti, says, yeah, no, no, that was intentional because we're seeing it from the Flash's perspective. So everything's kind of like a little bit weird and not supposed to be. It's kind of distorted because we're seeing time in a different way. So it's supposed to look a little bit off. But that sounds to me like he's defending after the fact, like they had put a lot of resource and time and, and tried to get it. Uh, really crisp and clean, and then it came out, and they were like, "Yeah, we're not even close to getting this to look like humans or babies or people." And they went, mm, "Yeah, here's my defense after the fact." How's all the how's uh the acting? I honestly thought it was really good. I, I thought Michael Keaton kind of kind of phoned it in a little bit. Maybe not phoned it in so much as just didn't have a lot of weight to carry acting wise. Um, you know, was was really decent in his scenes and. Um, made me believe that he was back in in that character of Bruce Wayne and Batman as an older uh, Bruce Wayne. But Ezra Miller, honestly, separating art from the artist, like I, I was uh, believing that his reactions were real and meeting his younger self would really um, trip both of them out, uh, that the situations that, that he was interacting in felt believable. And I thought that for doing a, a, portray- a dual portrayal, I thought he actually was pretty decent in in both uh both sides of it yeah i mean it, it looks like based off of Rotten tomato it looks like critics didn't love it but audience there's you know they're 84 critics are 66 percent yeah that sounds about right um honestly i'm surprised that uh 84 is it it's as high as 84 i expected it to be in the low 70s honestly for audiences well i mean i think again i think it's the people who like we'd say, and the people who want to see it went to go see it. Yeah. So they liked it, probably liked it walking in, right. you know, before they even saw it. Right. They had a positive review in their head because they've been looking forward to this. And unless it's horrible, horrible, which mm. doesn't sound like it is, um, they're generally pretty happy with it. Yeah. Overall, the concept, I think, is is uh, one of its best strong suits and the way that it executes certain concepts and certain ways of viewing of uh, the multiverse. Um, and cause they kind of go over it and the, and the theories and the physics and the, <clears throat> the science behind what would happen if you went back in time and then change things and where you would be and where you'd end up. Um, so I enjoyed that and the, and the exploration of different timelines. And so, you know, it, it felt like it was actually steeped in reality a little bit, which helps with, with one of these kind of things. Um, Honestly, the score and the soundtrack, the soundtrack was fantastic, and the score was phenomenal. I, that, that I would say, is probably its best quality, is music-wise, absolutely uh, did a lot of heavy lifting. We got a lot of the old Batman, we got a lot of the new Batman, we got a lot of, like, superhero-esque kind of, you know, sounds. 
One thing that I didn't like, though, is every time that there was a cameo or a reveal or um, like when it was Michael Keaton's Batman, that reveal, like every, everything just kind of paused and went, hey, look at that. It's a different Batman. It's a different person. And every time that they did that, it just kind of stopped the momentum from the previous scenes or the, from the previous action. Um, so I didn't care for it pausing continuously to just kind of point out and go, hey, look, look what we did. We got we, we stuck somebody else in there that you weren't maybe expecting. The music by credit um, is Benjamin Walfishk, who did like It, Blade Runner 2049, um, and some other ones along that line. Did the did it have the movie overall? Did it have like a um, I don't want to say kind of a darker, weird horror-ish vibe on it? Or? Not really, not really horror-ish, um, but it was a little bit darker. Felt like things were actually consequential, um, and I like that when one of the characters made a choice. It, it really took a grandiose effort to either undo that because we're in the multiverse and getting to um, go back and change things and and you know decide different fates um but it didn't really feel horror horror ish it, well i asked that because andy how do you put him? i would say muschietti yeah he did it he did mama it was very um out of left field for the things that he usually does interesting yeah i would not have uh pegged him to do be doing horror stuff like that yeah both it's and uh mama interesting. are his big I mean, some shorts and stuff. But. Well, he said if, if they want him back for a sequel, he'd do it. What? Um, he I get know. paid a bunch of money to right? make another big movie? Bullshit. Well, it was more that he uh, he would work with Ezra Miller again. He's like, yeah, this character feels like it was made for him, um, despite all of the controversy. So he's he's on board to be doing a sequel. He doesn't think that it's going to happen. Yeah, I was about to say. But well, Muschietti is is hired uh, to do James Gunn's uh, next Batman, which is Attack not... Uh, no, not Attack on Titan. He is the director of that. He's the really. He's the attached to Attack on Titan. Interesting. In that the, actually which could is be in development. Now that one could sounds like it could be pretty interesting. He's in production on Welcome to Derry, Derry, uh-huh. which is don't. That's just dumb. Um, the Brave and the Bold and uh-huh. Attack on Titan. Yeah, the Brave and the Bold is a new Batman movie, which is different than Robert Pattinson's Batman and the Batman Part Two with Robert a, Pattinson. Guys. So. I know. We're going to have a bunch of different Batmen, and... It centers on the father and son dynamic of Batman and Robin. Oh, fun. We're getting some gay stuff. Ooh. Nice. Oh, gross. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> be like, hey, little boy, come run around in tights with me. Don't forget about fighting crime. That's got to be an integral part. Don't tell anybody about the time that I went to your cave. Gross. I'm not the one doing it. Yeah, it sounds like you're Ezra. looking forward to it. I didn't. I'm not going to see this one. You think I'm going to go see that one? Maybe. I don't know. Because uh, I don't know when when in the new DC extended universe or whatever they're going to call it. Uh, once the reboot actually happens, I don't know if that's going to kick it off or that's going to be somewhere down the line. So that should be interesting as well. I feel like the Superman one's going to kick it off, but I'm not sure. Honestly, I have no, absolutely no idea. Um. Yeah. Overall, I liked it. It was. Um. You know. It was a movie. It was an action movie overall. Cool. I want, do you know what their budget was? It was about $200 million. Nice, nice. Right? But again, before advertising, so who knows? Because they really push hard that this is going to be like one of the best superhero movies of all time. So who knows what they actually spent on it? I wouldn't be surprised in, to see a three-figure. Oh, oh, absolutely. I was going to say they doubled it. 
they probably did at least 200 because yeah. they pushed this shit hard really hard and especially once uh fuckface started getting into trouble mm-hmm. then they really, mm-hmm. really 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 pushed it to double down well and and, and they also back. they also you know pivoted directions and were like hey look at look at batman remember, remember when you liked him in this thing back in the 80s and 90s that that was a thing that you liked so come back and see this one and it does not look like that worked no not not I, like they hoped because uh, I mean, I would like to see the demographic that went to go see it. Also, yeah. Well, I mean, it also doesn't. I don't, in what world I'm going to be able to? But <laughs> I would like to see that. Um, I'm sure there's got to be a breakdown somewhere because that's what they're aiming for is to hit all four quadrants. But there's got to be some. Someone's got to have a breakdown. I'll somewhere. email DC and see if they'll let me see it. That would be fantastic. It also doesn't help afterwards when you have one of your stars, Michael Shannon, who's basically you know saying the entire genre is shit and he didn't really enjoy his time on it i saw well i mean with the whole well like like action mo- or superhero movies in general and then know. coming well, back to do a I, sequel well i saw an interview that he was like i was i didn't i enjoyed the i obviously paraphrasing mm-hmm. um that he generally liked the character and the only way he would go back to do it again is if he went and asked snyder if he was if he would give him his blessing to do that character. Oh, cool. I, didn't see that. I mean, but that seems like he respects the director a lot for not even liking all of his time on there. That seems weird to me. Yeah, well, that's a different director. So maybe that's why. But he, well, I thought you said, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said he was saying he didn't like his time on any of it. The whole genre sucked. Oh, no, just like not. No. So what I got from from the couple of things that I I read was that Michael Shannon didn't enjoy the superhero genre as a whole and thought that it wasn't as good as something, you know, not actiony superhero-y. However, the this time around for The Flash, he didn't enjoy his time portraying that character again. Okay. Thankfully for them, they've made more money uh <clears throat> overseas than here. Yeah. Speaking of big budget uh movies you were weren't you way back when we were predicting movies coming up Mm -hmm. this year your prediction is that um mission possible is going to be the biggest movie of the year correct uh it sounds like something i said yes okay um don't remember exactly i remember the conversation but i don't remember exactly whatever you think it's going to be gigantic yes absolutely so there might be some bad shit happening Uh well for everyone else i mean i think they're all gonna they might end up cannibalizing themselves because Tom Cruise's uh, Mission Impossible finally has a release date, or at least it's been bouncing around at some Finally? Point. When are they wanting to put that out? July 12th. Oh. Guess what comes out the next week? <laughs> Oppenheimer yep. and Barbie. And Barbie. So, some bad someone. Gonna... I don't know who's going to lose out on this. <sighs> All right, right. So, now that we know that, so it sounds like they're trying to get the jump on Oppenheimer success and Barbie success. I feel like those two are still going to do strong. I think it's going to be Mission Impossible that's going to take the, the you think hit. Mission Impossible is going to get hit. I, I do think so. I think its first weekend is going to be its strongest and it's going to have a major drop off. Obviously. But I think it's going to have like <laughs> a, a monumental drop off. Whereas, I don't know, you know, Spider-Man or Across the Spider-Verse is still doing fairly well not a obviously is as good as the first week but i don't think that uh mission impossible is going to continue pulling in even five million come three weeks after it will be interesting but i i think uh oppenheimer and mission impossible are going to more cannibalize each other than barbie just because barbie's not going to be i assume both of those movies are banking on imax 
and Barbie's not necessarily banking on IMAX. So I think the the other two are going to fight in the IMAX theaters, mm-hmm. and then Barbie might actually um, come out ahead. Less, less unscathed than the other two? Yes, which we'll oh, never yeah. be able to know, because who knows how much they're going to make. <laughs> true, true. Yeah, this is. I, I didn't realize that they had pushed it up so so high for Mission Impossible. So shit, that means I got to watch all of the other twenty four of them to get caught up and ready for part Mission one. Impossible? There's not that many. There's less. There's less than the our uh, Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious. I, but this one isn't this one seven. Ooh, that sounds in the ballpark. Maybe, possibly. I don't know. Okay. Okay. How many Mission Impossible movies are there? There are six movies, so I'm yes. assuming the one coming up is seven. Cool. It was right on. Yes. Knocked that one out of the park. Woo! All right. Should we uh, move on to Flamin' Hot, or do you have anything else? Um. I, yeah, we'll just go to Flamin', Flamin' Hot. Flamin' Hot! Should have wrote it in Spanish, I think. <laughs> well, luckily, now there is a translate tool, but could you remember what you said... I'm not fluent in mm-hmm. Spanish, mm-hmm. so then my, I'm going to read the subtitle slower. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, that was something that I noticed when they were talking in Spanish, that it started out like pretty basic phrases, pretty, you know, couple words here and there. And then after, I don't know, a couple of interactions di- uh, dialogue-wise, they got into like longer sentences and more complex things and really started actually talking. So that was something that I that I enjoyed that it wasn't all basic phrases so we could see see things slow down. Because I noticed that um, a lot in major movies that are, you know, using different different uh, uh, languages, that they seem to do a little bit more basic of the sentences so that it's easier for everyone to kind of follow along with or to digest instead of, like, with uh, the platform having to really, you know, speed read uh, along with the action. Oh, I mean, I did like that they did the the shorter phrases. They didn't even do subtitles or anything. We don't mm-hmm. need to know whatever. You can pick it up by context clues. Um, right, right. It was weird. They randomly would decide. I, I wonder how the process went of like if they wrote it and then they put in parentheses, oh, we'll subtitle this and not subtitle this. Or they had like almost no subtitles and then they shot it. They did it. And then they went, oh, we probably need subtitles here. Probably need subtitles there. Yeah, for the um, for the longer things, for the things that you can't pick up on just by context clues, because mm-hmm. when you're writing it, you do generally put um, the first time you have a, a different language in, you put you just write it in English or in whatever um, language you're writing it in, and then in parentheses on that first one saying in subtitled su- subtitled in English um, but spoken in Spanish, and then and then that's how it's supposed to be written. So it'd be very interesting to actually see the script. And see when they did that versus if it was a, a post-production thing or if it was what, what audiences reacted to or felt confused by. Um, yep. But Flamin' Hot is out on Disney+. Plus. Yes, it, it is. It just came out this year recently. I don't know how long ago. It's been out for a couple of weeks now. I believe it came out it's the 6th or 7th of June. Um, so, yeah, it's been a couple of weeks since then. It uh, is the uh, the story of the dude who invented the Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Yeah. Um, his much more life story. Um, I will say I was very shocked that like it it felt it was weird to me. I was shocked how long it felt, even though it didn't feel slow to me. Yeah, I it, kept checking to see how long like it's been going, and not just because, not because I was like bored or anything, but I was like I feel like I've seen so much of the movie already, 
and there's still 30 minutes left. And I'm very, yeah. I'm very shocked by that. And I thought it was good ass pacing. I thought the pacing was good, but it felt like uh, in, in that same vein that the end was crammed with a lot more content than the beginning. It felt a little bit slower to kind of just develop everything and let characters breathe. And, and we had a lot of time to immerse ourselves. And then by the end of it, there was a lot more that had happened um, than in the first couple of scenes. So it, it definitely picked That's up. That's very true. A lot <laughs> more did happen up. at the end of the movie yes. than in the beginning. Yes. You are correct about that. <laughs> I know. I liked, I was glad that they did a lot more early than I feel like usually these movies are um, jam- just let's burn through the beginning real quick. Cause we'll got to get to the quote unquote, you know, you know, the money scenes and mm-hmm. shit instead of actually having a, story and um history and everything so yeah. I, I was glad that the, it was significantly more early than i thought it was going to be yeah and so this is also based on a book another long titled book a boy a burrito and a cookie from janitor to executive and uh richard montanez actually did write the book and helped consult on the script but not you know he, he didn't write the script himself so it's yeah. interesting to see what they chose to expand on or what they chose to kind of gloss over or what they chose to uh, power through. Did, and they, did you read the book? No, I did oh, not. No, sorry. I did not. But from what it felt like were watered down versions of reality or, or, or just, all right, we got we to touch on this. We got other things to get to. Like early on with the, with the bruises on the kid's arms or, you know, or face or neck, um, that felt like something that needed a little bit more breath or really we could have gotten into had it been maybe a different distribution company than than a family-friendly disney movie Nah, i mean i i liked it i like this one felt like they knew what they were instead of trying to do you know let's have some deep fucked up early scenes Mm -hmm. and then that's gonna like then the rest of it's not gonna be yeah it felt like it felt throughout the whole time to me it felt like they knew what they were and they did did a good job of staying in, you know, their lane or whatever of the PG, mm-hmm. um, but still have us uh, put in a message. So, mm-hmm. you know, kids can watch this and stuff. Yeah, I, I thought the tone was very consistent with that. Um, and that not everything was all, you know, glorious and happy go lucky and everything. And that the characters were in a real world and with um, with situations and challenges that they were just inherently part of being in a different culture. Um, it actually reminded me a lot of Elemental in the way that the family was not really accepted, that that culture was different than where they were living in, and that they were really, they felt like outsiders and had to turn to different means to to get by. I just, you know, feel like it, it, it kind like, of touched on serious topics and then was just a little bit too far to, uh, afraid to venture into. What? Oh my God, so much. You thought much. they didn't venture? I feel like there was a lot of racism that so they went racism, into. Absolutely. And, and even with, you know, not uh, low education and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I felt like they ventured a lot into that. But no matter what, I'm incredibly impressed that um, for Eva Longoria's first fucking directing. I thought, I thought that she was. did a fucking amazing. I She's agree. done a bunch of like TV shows and stuff. But mm-hmm. I don't think, well, I, I could be wrong about the di- directing, but I thought it was her first movie. That, you know, it absolutely, uh, absolutely sounds right. I'm, I'm not sure I'd... Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you as well. I thought she did a great job. I thought the tone, like I said, was consistent, which comes through with having a singular vision. Um, and it felt like it, it was it was done to to get the emotion out of everybody was done really well uh, by on on her part. And I like that she had her uh, women characters really strong and really independent, and also kind of just on the same level as a lot of the men characters. 
it was unfortunate that um, his wife I mean, kind of fell, Judy fell more in, or was it Judy or Julie? Um, it was Judy. But uh, she was like the only female character, wasn't she? Yeah, what and was it, the other one? Yeah, I guess you're right. She was really <laughs> was the only say, I'm one. I'm pretty sure she was the only one. <laughs> pretty much. I saw some women in the background once yeah, or twice. Yeah, that's what I was, was going cool. with. And, and But those those were strong they independent were very, women. Exactly. But the... <laughs> yeah. She unfortunately did fall kind of back into the I'm only here to support my husband character. And I was a little bit disappointing by the end to see that. Because um, I, I liked where that character began. And it just would have been nice to maybe explore a little bit more of her um, and not just fall into that uh, side character role. I thought it was so funny that she that they were talking about like, oh, do you have more shifts at the, the store or whatever? And then ended up she was working at the tar- at Target. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was mm-hmm. like, that's so, that's so funny. They didn't mention that at all until the end. Yeah, I don't know why they weren't able to mention that. Or maybe that was to I signify mean, that, you know, bouncing around different jobs. I don't know. How did you feel about the way that it opened? Because it kind of caught me off guard. It did set the tone for the kind of humor and the and the pacing. and But it kind of felt like uh, Michael Pena's character in Ant-Man, where th- he was just kind of, you know, really excited to tell the story and, and um, breeze through a lot of things, but it also used that Coen Brothers... Uh, dialogue technique really well and really effectively but as far as the opening went it felt a little bit disjointed from the rest of the of the movie and once i kind of settled into that world it felt a little bit less why did it feel out of place from the other the rest of it i don't know it it just felt like that vod style Mm -hmm. like carried over he commented on how good he looked and he was making jokes and it was like we were constantly he would do voiceover people um, talking and stuff. Um, later, the executives, which I thought was very funny whenever he was doing his voice for the executives talking in the uh, the room and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I personally liked it just because I thought it fit. Personally, I thought it fit the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. And it, it has been used before, but I don't really mind that because I thought it um, was a very nice... Um, good humor using that and stuff. And it, maybe it's more because I just was not ready for it and and it was different than whatever kind of movie I was expecting and possibly that's why. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely was consistent with the rest of the character and the rest of the voiceover work. Maybe I was just less pleased that it was voiceover and, and that kind of narration and then we're getting a Stuart special for those who were fans of script notes going back, you know, six what? weeks later. So... Uh, Stuart special is when you start with something in present day and then uh, you cut back to uh, an earlier time. And that just happens quite a lot. Uh, and that was just coined in the Script Notes podcast pretty early on. Um, so this was one of those okay. where it starts and then cuts back. And I just like to point that out. And I don't know. I was just kind of annoyed by the early voiceover. But then once I settled in and once we got into the into the movie, it 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 was yeah, I don't know easier for me to accept that that was the way the entire movie was going to go. I don't know. I I liked it. I also liked the I, which I think the voice the VOD uh, VO um went along with the fake um scenes mm-hmm. um which I thought was very good of just like keeping on like it's a normal one and then they would stop and be like you know obviously this didn't happen and then show the actual scene like when he hit the one dude with his mop in the in the factory oh, yeah. or like when monk showed up and um, they all <laughs> pretended like clap before him. And he was like, Oh my God, it's yeah. so exciting. Yeah. Like I thought those are um, 
clever also. And they're not super original, but like I thought it was clever and it worked in the movie. Yeah, I, I think them. I think the reason why it worked was the juxtaposition of actually seeing then, oh no, this is what reality or this is how it happened. You know, this is this is the fantasy of what I wish would have happened or the cooler version of it. And then seeing, you know, the slower pace, the slower boardroom meetings, those kind of things I thought were exactly why those worked. And I like that. Um, especially the, uh, one cutaway that I really liked was that, uh, time jump when it kind of reminded me of the, of the, um, of the flashback scene in, in the machine where we get that 360 POV. Um, but we're still in, uh, the same place in the same time period. And we just have like the dates, the years kind of, um, in, in the factory. And it helps, you know, remind you that, yeah, no, it, not much has changed except the time has. That's yep. really the only thing that's that's changed, and I thought it was a clever way to get through that. Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, I think she she did some um, movie staples very well. Yes, especially for you know early. She this technically she did mostly movie. I mean TV shows, and then she did one like kind of documentary for um, about some boxing stuff. Uh, but did, this is the first. Did she direct that that documentary one? Yes. Ah. But this is the first um, feature, like length narrative movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought she did fantastic. Uh, overall, I really enjoyed it. I thought that when they had figured out the powder, the the actual uh, flame and hot recipe, I thought I thought that he was going to bring that into work and and give that for free to his coworkers or start charging them a little bit to be like you know get behind me, um, like a, a, a like kind of like unionize with me that this is the way that we should be going like he did with the burrito because it had happened when he was a kid mm-hmm. and then he did it at work as well to kind of fit in so i kind of expected that uh that was how the whole flame and hot thing was gonna go and i'm glad that they subverted that my expectation with that and went with an, with a different way so that was cool yeah i also i definitely thought like as soon as he discovered it i thought it was gonna be over and uh yeah. I, was, I was shot I was um, pleasantly surprised by that, and like they had struggles once the once he got through the first layer and actually got it made, they still had struggles, which I liked. Mm-hmm. And then is so it wasn't just like, and now everything was okay and everything until, was know, good until the very end. But. Right, I I did have a problem, a little bit of a problem with the uh, nobody believes him in him was just so overwhelmingly beaten over our heads over and over and over. It got a little bit. I don't, I don't know, boring in a way by the end of it. Um, and maybe that was part of the point from that final, hey, gotcha, uh, go clean go clean the room. And it turns out, hey, no, now you're going to be an executive. Maybe that's what they, they were going for with, with everyone not believing in him from his family to his friends to his coworkers. It just felt like a lot. And it, I didn't think I needed to be reminded of it const- as constantly as um, they brought it up. Um, but what I, one thing that I did really relate to was when Enrico um keeps eating the flame and hot cheetos like when he tastes them for the first time and then it's like oh you know what i'm gonna keep going back to it like i feel like that's everybody or at least that's my experience with eating the flame and hot cheetos for uh the first time or taking an extended break and coming back going oh that's really really hot but you know what they're really addictive and i'm just gonna keep going i'm not sure i'm sure i have had them before but i rarely rarely eat them shame on you <laughs> shame on you Wah. We how, talk, why how, why because we're talking about this, we should have a bowl of flaming hot right here. That's no. what we should be doing. We could, we could have. I won't eat any. Thank you, though. <laughs> are you just not a fan of that flavor, or is there any particular? Are you against? Yeah, I don't really give a shit. I'm not <laughs> gotcha. sure. Right, Unfortunately, right. I don't have a good answer for you. I apologize, Brandon. Tisk. 
Um, that at least is my experience for sure. I like the uh, the little kid was I thought phenomenal. Oh yeah, he was <laughs> for a being, lot of fun for being a little kid. Especially, frankly, the my favorite scene was when the the older son had the black guy and the little kid was like I forgot what he was saying, but the way he was delivering those lines and shit were fantastic. I'm yeah. excited. Well, but but speaking of like acting, I thought everybody was great. I like the main dude was fantastic. The okay. rest of them were fine. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think of anybody if if there was any acting I disliked. It was a little bit hard for me to to know when we were switching into like serious territory versus is everything kind of a joke. So that was one thing about at least with um the the gentleman who played Richard. Um, the one thing that I w- didn't care for his acting, it just felt like we were teetering on: are we going to get really ser- super serious, or are we going to be kind of more jokey with with this next scene or this I mean, next next piece but overall it's life I, right goes back and forth yeah and no i mean overall it was it wasn't bad it really didn't detract from it it just felt until we were in the scene it felt like it could have gone either way so i don't know i i guess i would have liked to you see really him make a choice you don't a like little not bit. knowing what's happening <laughs> i guess really i just would have like liked to see him make knowing a, what the next thing that's make a choice is. a little bit earlier yeah, it's well so it, like it all has to be jokey or ha- all has to be serious not necessarily no no. Okay. Um, I really liked the conf- confrontation between uh, him and his dad. I thought that was a very- that was one of the better yeah interactions for sure. Absolutely, and the way that he stood up for himself, and then you know his wife stood up for him as well. And I love that it, that their interactions and that their um, scenes together were very much that that it was uh, even though they didn't always agree on things that they trusted each other and had each other's backs. And I, and I liked seeing that kind of, uh, family portrayal. Yeah. I like, uh, and the other thing is they didn't really talk. They had a little bit of him fixing, um, machines and stuff. So then it made sense that he would pick up on the, um, Oh, the insurance dude. I forgot what his, what his name is in real life or the character, the guy from breaking bad. Sure, I'll go with that. Um, I'm going by the dude who's nationwide or whatever. Um, the black guy that was the plant engineer or whatever. That- oh, not Denzel. Not Denzel Washington? I don't know what that's from. You're talking about Clarence? Yeah. Yeah, I 100% the entire way through thought that was Denzel Washington. The way the way he... What? Yeah, the way he spoke, the way his lines came out, it just felt very Denzel to me. But anyways, uh, Dennis Haysbert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dennis Haysbert, which I, I thought he did a fine job. He was he was in, in the camp of just like mediocre. Like he had no I had no problems with his uh, acting. Mm-hmm. Tony Shalhoub is always interesting when it whenever he's in stuff because he's not bad, but he kind of gets to the um, who's the Miles Teller kind of level where okay. sometimes there I feel like there's another layer that he can go. Um, he's just not quite there yet. Um, I just like maybe just completely bought into the character, but Monk is always awesome. I love Monk. So that's so funny that that's what you reckon. I, I uh, recognize him from immediately cause you watched it and I just, I never watched it. So I was like, I know his face. I know he's in something, but I can't tell Mission Bo- where I, mean, I know Men him in from. Black? Is that what you're thinking? Tony Shalhoub from Men mm. in Black uh-uh. or uh, ta- uh taxi or wings or. Sure. Yeah. Any of them. <laughs> Can't think of anything else off the top of my head. 
But in Men in Black, he's the he's the shopkeeper that they shoot his head off and it grows back. Ah, that's right. That's right. I do like that uh, character. The uh, such a fun one. The plant um, plant manager got annoying to me. Just the whole fucking character. Yeah, and uh, Matt Walsh, I feel like, is always put into that. He's typecast in that way of that middle management means well, but is kind of a little bit of a dick. Um, feels like he's he's in that kind of role quite a lot. Um, I will. I might be saying for the future. Um, this saying uh, they could sell condoms to a nun like that. <laughs> That was great. There was a lot of a lot of good dialogue. Humor was, I thought, fantastic. Um, I I did like that they were like basically drug dealing the uh, flaming hot at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty fun. That was a pretty fun way to do it. Hey, I know how to move product. Come on, man, one bag per person. Right. I was thinking that, but like, why didn't we? They do that before, earlier. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, <laughs> that definitely made sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and uh, when they when they first made it, is hey, are you eating eating the supply? Don't eat the supply. What are you doing? <laughs> that was good. That was good. Um, I don't know. I I'd like to believe that it actually happened this way, but it was um, it was hard to believe that the cultures kind of just accepted each other and you know were were uh, happy to interact in the way that they did uh, right before they started selling with uh, all of the all of the the streetcars kind of just sitting outside the factory and uh, them walking into the factory. And just being, you know, accepting that, hey, no, 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 we're here, we're we're cool, everything, everything's good. I think in general, the factories don't like large groups of anybody walking into their factory. Very unannounced. true. Like, Very that's true. Just in general, so I I would assume that that uh, is not exactly how it went, but it makes sense to me because they're just trying to like save the the factory. Yeah, I mean, because it's like their jobs, right? So uh, I, I can foresee them going and hucking shit um all over the place, but you know, more at their houses then then true that's all um i liked the uh i liked the credits uh had had the cool the the like fireworks of of the the flavor dust that was cool that was interesting i enjoyed that they definitely they did you think the real people looked that much like the actors they actually got pretty close i thought judy looked drastically different really Judy, yes. Okay. She looked a whole lot whiter than. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, because it was blonde. She had blonde hair. I thought at the very no, end. No, because of her skin. Ah, I gotcha. <laughs> I thought at the very end, for a second there, when, when she had uh, dark hair the whole way through, and then that final scene when he's walking out of the restaurant and tipping everybody, um, and she had uh, blonde hair, I was like, did their marriage dissolve? Does he have a mistress? What the fuck? I think and that might have oh, been. no, that's her. That's I think just, that might have been trying to match the. Current except hairstyle, for, hairstyle. Yes, except for they definitely just put a wig on her. Oh, and yeah. was like, oh yeah, ah, this is fine. It'll be all right. It'll be cool. Um, so that was a little bit, a uh, little bit jarring, but I, I did think uh, Richard looked like Richard. I thought, yeah, very close, very close. Um, and honestly, yeah, it was it was a fun ride overall. It was very heartwarming. Um, yeah, I thought it was good. You know, I'm not I'm not the um, religious person, so oh. that kind of got annoying. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but, that you know. that one definitely felt wedged in there. Um, <laughs> no, albeit it worked. That scene was was one of the better, more humorous ones for sure. But it definitely felt like it was only there for that one scene. It just what didn't that one for sure uh, stuck out than than the rest. Yeah, I thought it was going to be when he like relit the candle. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to end up being more of a bigger thing. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, the candle motif early was great, and then yeah, you're right, it kind of dropped off. Mm-hmm. Yes, true, 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 true. Um, I had nothing. I have nothing like again the the visually how it looked. 
you know, standard. Yeah. Everything. Yep, nothing looked, wrong with it. Nothing looked bad. Nothing sounded bad, but nothing really to, um, you know, praise or go out of your way. Right. But right. I, I did like the 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 style of directing and editing and mm-hmm. everything. I, I agree with you there. And uh, like you said, I thought the the use of uh, the plot conventions and and tried and true methods. I thought that uh, uh, Longoria really juggled those very well. And you know, like I said, it was enjoyable. I, I definitely recommend this to everybody. And the fact that it's uh, on Disney Plus, and I think maybe even on Hulu. Yes. Um, well, they they're you know one and the same. Yes. Um, Except for white men can't jump. I got to get into Hulu because I can't watch it on really Disney. Well, I haven't been able to find it because I tisk, do want to watch that. Tisk. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's just a matter of time until those combine, honestly. Um, but yeah, the fact that it's available is, is great. It just sucks that, uh, we don't have any kind of numbers for it. Cause I feel like this is one of those that would do pretty well overall or used to do really well overall. Maybe that's why it's on streaming now and, uh, that it wouldn't perform very well at the box office and theatrically. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It seems like a smaller movie to then to actually put out in theaters. Yeah. I don't know how well it would actually do, personally. Yeah. I'd like to say it would do really well, but yeah, you're right. It probably wouldn't do too great. I mean, look at the movies, how well they're doing right now. I, right, exactly. With existing IP and original stuff. Even the one that is, well, I guess the Blackening, which is definitely, you know, aimed at uh, the black community, mm-hmm. low, um, minority demographic uh is doing i guess okay i guess it depends on how much they spent on it yeah that's something i don't know i don't know um how do you think this one fell into the line of like the product movies of recently um i mean i liked it more than blackberry Mm -hmm. um i think overall i might have liked it a little bit more than tetris um was this perfect to roll into grading nice um but i'm not sure i feel like there is more individual scenes in tetris that i probably liked more Mm -hmm. but overall i'd probably say i like this one more maybe yeah i like this one much more than tetris i don't know if i like it as much as blackberry or it's around the same um for for me as blackberry like it's not it's not something i'm going to rave about but it's not something that i disliked by any means well for me i don't think i'm going to recommend to other people the the blackberry or tetris but i feel like i can recommend flame and hot and now okay. it's i mean it's also like the style of movie it's a much more family friendly movie that too much more like broad for everybody i feel like well it's less, it's than... less about the product than the actual you know person yes who has issues and family and likes and dislikes and actual things to explore versus just this one scenario like in tetris where we just have to get the rights to this and that's the whole the whole movie or we're in blackberry where it's a little bit more about the people but it's again a lot more about the product itself this one has a lot more uh, emotion tied to to real people than the real events i agree yeah, yeah. that's a good point I do you know where you want to grade this guy? I think I'm in in the sixes, which is roughly the same area where I, where I have Blackberry. I think I liked Blackberry's acting a little bit more, so I think I'm going to put this one at a six and a half. Solid movie overall, nothing inherently wrong with it. Um, but you know, nothing that I I don't know that I would want to honestly watch this one again. It doesn't feel like something that I would rewatch, um, but I would recommend to people. 
Um, all right, you're going six point five. You said Sorry. yeah, six point five. Uh, rewatchability? No, I'm gonna go rewatchability VOD because I mean I could definitely I I I do believe I could watch this again and still be entertained and be happy. Okay, and um, like it. As far as grading wise, I think I'm going to put it in. I'm hovering in the around the seven ish. I think I'm gonna put. I'm stuck between 6.75 and a 7 flat. Cocaine Bear is at 7. Um, Blackberry is at 6, I think. Let me see. And Blackberry for me is 6.25, which, I, yeah, I definitely liked it more than that. Okay. I'm going to go, yeah, I'll go 6 point. I think I'm going to go 7. I'm going to okay. say the two um, newer female directors are doing great. And um, I can't wait for the next thing that they're going to do. And I definitely can recommend this. So I think I'm going to go to the to the seven range. So I'm going to go seven flat. Very solid. Like it. Cool. Good stuff. Um, You mentioned the other upcoming women woman directors. Do you just mean general or or versus? Well, Cocaine Bear. Well, Elizabeth Banks and Eva Longoria. And I feel like, you know, fame. We see a lot of a decent amount of male actors mm-hmm. um, transitioning over into directing. I feel like we don't see a ton of the female um, actors mm-hmm. transitioning over to directors. So it's just, you know, I'm happy to see it popping up a lot more. And frankly, yeah, uh, nobody said jack shit that it was Eva Longoria until I was sitting there looking at it. I am IMDB. I didn't, I had no idea it was her. Yeah. It was, it was cool that she kind of stayed out of the way, let the movie do. No, fuck that shit. Let's promote oh, this. Oh, you want the, oh, Let's I promote see, I see, this I see. female <laughs> actress, this female director uh-huh. that people know mm-hmm. that little girls can know the name of and go, oh my God, that's so cool. I could do that too. Instead of hiding this behind never, nobody fucking talking about it. So I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. I and would for rather, that reason, <laughs> okay. I see where, and, and I agree with that as well. Um, yeah, I love I love that trend and, and exactly like you said that it's it's encouraging to see not only can women do this or or you know little girls can can want to be like an Eva Longoria or an Elizabeth Elizabeth Banks but they can over succeed at it and, and you know Cocaine Bear is one of the one of the funniest things this year and Flame and Hot's is one of the most heartwarming family kind of stories and it's definitely uh something that I would love to see a lot more of it just uh, it needs to happen sooner. Uh, Eva has another movie in pre-production, it looks like, called 24-7. 24-7. comedy coming out. So, cool. Um, we'll see. But she is starring in it also. Which cool. Is, oh, that w- should be interesting to see then, yeah, how she can handle the, the dual uh, responsibility of the uh, starring in and directing. That'll be interesting. All right, that's all we got. Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> it for this week. Um, next week we got some uh, bigger theatrical releases. I don't know if we're going to talk about any or all of them. Um, Indiana Jones is coming out very soon. I mm-hmm. think in a um, couple days from now. Come back next week where we not talk about the Indiana Jones that just came out, but we will be watching and talking about the older Indiana Jones. I don't want to yeah. call them old. The- <laughs> I guess the early ones are the, old. The, the later ones, ones are definitely not. Uh yeah, come back, come back. Let us know uh, what you think of oh. Indiana Jones, and then hopefully we can, I don't know, all get together and talk about Indiana Jones and the way he rides off into the sunset at a, at a later date. Does he? 
I assume. Oh, you mean, I assume, the, new, yeah, you just, mean the newer ones? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping he dies in it, but I doubt it. I doubt it. That'd be badass, though. They just kill him off. What if all of that footage that they show in the trailers from the first like 15 minutes and <laughs> pull, then they kill him? <laughs> That'd be awesome. That's so Harrison Ford. That's exactly what he wants. Be like, I'm fucking done with this character. I don't want anymore. Yeah, Harrison Ford definitely doesn't like being the center of attention. Mm-hmm. I, I imagine he clearly would, would be. He'd be cool with them just killing him off. <laughs> Uh, Granted, if they killed him off, that'd be less likely for them to redo. I guess they would just sort of remake it anyways. Yeah, they would just re- reboot it with somebody else. Not, let's get a different old person to continue on <laughs> the, yeah. uh, the character of Indiana Jones. Yeah, no, absolutely. Or do you think Indiana Jones becomes like the next James Bond, where it's like anybody can inhabit James Bond and Indiana Jones is just the, the title given I to this think. explorer? I don't think, because I think they've established... Had a very long establishment of it's the same dude. So it's the one guy. <laughs> I believe they'll just have to redo it. Yeah. Well. All right. Well, we will see how that uh, franchise culminates, and we're on social. So give us some ratings. Let us know how what you think and what we should watch next. Bye. Bye. Bye.